The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Good morning and welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. This is Leanne Meyer, and today we're talking about um, COVID-19, kind of we have a, a series of these, and this time we're going to be talking about the time for resilience is now. I've lost track of how long we have been in shelter-in-place mode. Um, all of my normal cues on what day it is, uh, perhaps even what time it is some days, uh, have been blunted through the removal of all the normal landmarks. We adjust our minds and perception based on familiar aspects of our week and our day. If it's Monday, it must be laundry day. If it's Tuesday or Thursday, then I'm volunteering. Except that isn't happening anymore. And so when those routines are not there, our, we, our bodies and our minds get confused. And sometimes we just shut down or we do nothing. However, each and every one of us has an internal ability to be flexible to recreate routine and, and new meaning in our lives. We can even rise to some pretty horrendous occasions if it's a disaster, if it's something like this, COVID, which is definitely a pandemic, pandemic disaster. But we have that in ourselves. If we can just dig deep enough and bring that forth, we can uh, amaze ourselves on what we can do uh, in being resilient in our life. So the the examples I gave were very simple uh, definition of resilience, Um, but what we need to do in these days of COVID is a master level reminder of resilience. So uh, plus we need to support and encourage each other to be resilient. So my guests today are here to do just that. Both of these guests, Lynn McWright and Teresa Walding, have been on the show uh, a couple of times already, and so I'm really excited to talk with them about this topic because this is something that they are teaching uh, in their um, advancing nurse coaching classes. So Lynn McWright is the founder of Advancing Nurse Coaching. Teresa Walding is the director of Advancing Nurse Coaching Program. And um, she also recently has uh, established her own consulting firm and is doing clinical work in addition. So in her spare time, she's going to be talking with us. So um, welcome, Lynn and Teresa. Thank you so much, Leanne, for inviting us here today. It really is an unprecedented time, and we absolutely want to support all the nurses and their colleagues and, um, of course, the patients, ultimately, the clients that they serve, that we all serve. And um, it's a joy to be here today. Thank you. And, Teresa, thank you for coming. Um, Lynn, yeah, could you give, for having me. Sure. Lynn, could you give us a brief bio and just tell us what brought you to um, standing up for healthcare workers during COVID pandemic? Maybe give just a little brief bio. If people haven't heard you on the show before, we'll give them a little idea of what your background is. Right. Well, my master's in... Uh, public health is actually in nursing, and uh, it was at the University of Minnesota in 1977, where I also was um, 
became an adult and geriatric nurse practitioner, as well as a clinical nurse specialist in community health nursing. So my background is, is varied. I've, I've done all kinds of inpatient care, and I've done mostly working within the community as a public health person. I was one of the early people starting a private practice in the year 1986. I worked in California, and I saw patients privately in addition to talking to community groups and um, businesses and working, doing workshops. So I've, I've had a broad range of experiences, and even at that time, what I was doing is resilient. I actually called it stress resolution and, and prevention, but mm-hmm. I call it resilience now. So I've always worked for the past uh, 40 years in the field of resilience, and I, I know that the time um, has never been better for us to bring this to our profession and to, to the public. So w- that's why uh, in the year 2016, we elected to open our own school of advancing n- nurse coaching because we wanted to be, bring resilience to humanity through nursing. And so nurse coaching has been certified now for seven years through the American Holistic Nurses Certification Corporation. And ours is um, the only program which is completely online and uh, has continuous registration and completely self-paced. So that is really helpful to you at this time where you didn't have to rush to change everything around. You already had it in place. Oh, when we opened, we opened on three continents. We have a big vision for nursing worldwide. Wonderful. Teresa, also give us a little bio about yourself and then why are you joining Lynn in this um, mission, it feels like. Yeah, so I've, I've been a nurse since 1993. I started out working ICU and moved on into some cardiopulmonary rehab and, and uh, did some skilled nursing. And I've been in the PACU for a long time now, but while I've been there, I've also done some pediatric home health and, uh, oh, I don't know, just all kinds of various teaching and helping people to, you know, get better, whether it was physically or mentally, through the holistic nurses that I found when Lynn found me, actually, uh-huh. um, through a, a mutual friend, and I didn't know what holistic nursing was. I didn't even know there was an association that you could belong to. So mm-hmm. when Lynn and I met, it was kind of like we had the same vision. We had the same desires to help people, mind, body, and spirit, not just as a person in a bed or as a disease process and helping people through that, which I know nurses know that we don't just do you know, treatments and charting and and stuff right. like that, that it really is a relationship with a person that helps the healing happen. So when we found out about holistic, or when I did, the whole world opened up. There was hmm. a lot of different things that were available to me then. And we wanted to open a business a couple of years prior to opening the school that would help um, holistic practitioners come together to help people but when we found the principles of resilience, we knew exactly what we needed to do. And nurse coaching was actually only about three years old when we started. And it was the perfect time, the perfect vision to help nurses everywhere worldwide 
to become more resilient. Exactly. And and now we really see it where it's so needed. One of the hopes that I have with, um, you know, silver lining type of thing out of the COVID is that finally I'm hoping that the general population will start to understand what it is that nurses actually do. <clears throat> and how close we are to that patient constantly and um, always having to be thinking about what is the next need of this patient and that patient and, and um, you know, constantly thinking ahead on behalf of our patients. So, um, Lynn, do you want to uh, talk a little bit more about, um, we're, I think we're all pretty clear that this is the time for resilience. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if you could pick up on that and, and take that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it, w- it was really fun. I, I had a quote that was sent to me the other day by one of a world leader, really, in, in spirituality. And when I read it, it, it struck some chord in me also. And I, I penned some words that have meant a lot to me recently, and, and they're simply this. The time for resilience is now. The greater your resilience, the more expansive and compassionate and collaborative you will be, the greater your openness in seeing answers when hardships appear. So I love that. Through our resilience, we will find answers, and they will come to us through thought. And being open allows us to see them when they come. And this will be of benefit not only to ourselves personally, but um, to our colleagues as well. Because when we have a more expansive compassion, we also have a more expansive collaboration. Mm-hmm. And working with all of our colleagues is absolute, absolutely necessary now as, as a team. And that's, that's in the community setting as well as in an institutional setting, we had a, a call that we did the other day that was in response to the unprecedented times that we have now. And and on the call, we had a school nurse. Well, guess what? School's out. So um, school nurses are, are out of a, a job. And um, there was someone who was a nurse practitioner that works um, with a business that does home visits. Well, guess what? She can't do home visits now. There was someone else who works for an insurance company, and even though her job is wellness calls, nobody's calling in. Mm-hmm. So all of the healthcare professionals have found um, a bit of displacement, with, except for the, the ones that are working directly within the institution now. Um, those who are teaching in education, have moved their educational programs to online. And it's just um, the great upset of the apple cart. So we have an opportunity now to see what we value and what our priorities need to be and how we can be of the most beneficial, of the most benefit to the largest number of people. It gives us a new perspective. I love that you're wanting to do this through nurses. I just feel so much that that nurses are so trusted by people, even um, various different polls and uh, things that have been done in the last many years, 10 to more years, 
Uh, nurses come up at the top of the list again and again and again as being most trusted. And right, the Gallup during, poll every year for the 16 years since 2011. Right. <clears throat> and I think that, that, that we are the people that uh, hopefully people can turn to and feel confident that they can learn from us and um, go forward. Um, Teresa, you, you're... Um, you have your foot in a number of different worlds, so you're kind of working in the hospital setting, you're teaching, and then you're also doing your own consulting. So talk about that, about navigating uh, these different circumstances. It seems like no matter where you're working or, or if you're not working, you're at home, life is different for just about every single person. I can't think of anybody that it hasn't impacted. I think the biggest impact for me is, you know, I was kind of cruising along and, you know, seeing my clients and doing school and going to work and, you know, it felt pretty easy. You know, it was kind of predictable. And then one day that all changed. It was like, mm-hmm. hold on, what do you mean we're stopping surgeries? So now now we're getting less and less surgeries. And, oh, by the way, COVID's coming to my hospital. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of thinking about that. You know, I was like... Uh, hold on a minute. Maybe I want to just adjust my consulting and just to school, you know. And so I, I, I had this little wrestling thing going on inside of me about what does this mean for me? And so for about, I don't know, 18 hours or so, I allowed myself to think of everything that was possible or could happen or might happen. And and then I was talking to Lynn, and I was just kind of telling her about that, and I it just opened up was like, there's nothing to do. Hmm. There's nothing more to do in this moment than what comes next. Mm-hmm. And what comes next is for me to go to work the next day, happened to be the next day. And I went in there as a, as a blank slate. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and no one knows what's happening. That was what was even a bigger realization is even administration was like, you know, trying to put pieces into place that was setting us up for what was to come. Right. And so I actually think we did a pretty good job, but the biggest thing that happened was I got out of my own way, you uh-huh. know, allowing myself to feel the feelings and then wait for what came next. Okay, so you gave yourself permission to feel it but not uh, be overwhelmed by it. Exactly. That is fantastic. Yeah. When we know that everybody is doing what makes sense to them, we call that separate realities, recognizing separate realities. If we know that everyone is doing what makes sense to them, then we're not weighed down by, by judgment and blame about others mm-hmm. or ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That judgment can come in. I think the neatest thing about it is when everybody is sort of floating, um, we have to come together. And you had mentioned collaboration earlier. Uh, We have to come together and hear each other's ideas because somewhere in that mix of ideas, there may be an excellent one. That, that matches into another one or dovetails into another person's thought. And from that, there's a way forward. Right. Yeah, it was interesting. We received a, a letter um, a week or so ago from a, a com- combination of the Texas Nurses Association, the Texas Organization of Nursing Leaders, and the Texas uh, Board of Nursing, and the Texas Nurses Association. 
So mm-hmm. all, all three of them wrote a letter to the nurses, and basically what they said was, tell us, be sure to let us know what you're implementing on your location. So in other uh-huh. words, they, they wanted to be, have insight into what the nurses were doing on the floor because so many creative um, solutions have appeared. And mm-hmm. by letting the administration know, some of those um, things can go system-wide if, if they right. are found to be beneficial. Sort of a best practice, you know, rather than everybody reinventing the wheel, you know, finding out what is really working the best and, and letting everybody else know about that. That's really great. We're um, at a good point here to take a quick break, so let's do that. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here today. We're talking about COVID-19, but we're talking about the time for resilience is now. And my guests today are Lynn McCrite. She's the founder of Advancing Nurse Coaching. And Teresa Walding is the director of Advancing Nurse Coaching Program. Uh, Teresa is also doing consulting, and she works in a PACU uh, in a hospital. So we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. WomenInHealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. WomenInHealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer. Today we're talking about COVID-19 and we're talking about the time for resilience is now. So my guests are Lynn McCrate, founder of Advancing Nurse Coaching, and Teresa Walding, who is the director of the Advancing Nurse Coaching Program, and also does consulting and works as a PACU nurse. So... Um, 
tell Lynn, talk about uh, what nurses can do for themselves right now. Um, I think they feel like they got thrown in on the deep end and have just been floundering to some extent, but now I think they're coming into their own. So what, what can they do to help themselves? Oh, thank you so much, Leanne. Well, what the nurse can do for herself is to take care of the nurse first. And that's the way in which we can then reach out to be of help to others. We um, have heard a lot about self-care recently, and sometimes people feel weighted down by that. They feel like, oh, I've got something more I have to put on my calendar. I have to do this. I have to do that. But the other day, what I realized, I woke up to the fact that, in truth, when I think about taking care of myself, it can be as simple a thing as recognizing that I'm thirsty Hmm. and realizing what I need to do then is take a drink. It can be just that simple. And when we meet that one need for ourselves, we are then more open to seeing the needs of others who are in our care. So I know sometimes it, it seems not possible um, in an emergency situation as often we nurses find ourselves, and yet at the same time, we have to recognize that we are the instruments of healing, that we are the most important thing in the healing relationship, and that not only do we owe it to ourselves to take care of the nurse first, but that that's the only way it works. And we don't need to have our minds clouded by what the future might bring or something that happened yesterday or five minutes ago. We simply can pay attention to what's in front of us right now, one moment at a time, living fully in that moment and seeing the opportunity that that presents for us. That's really uh, so good. I Even as I hear you saying this, I know that is absolutely true. And yet there's something in me that resists that, that says, well, if I take care of myself, then somebody else has to pick up whatever it is that I would have been doing while I was, t- instead of taking care of myself. What, how do you answer when people have that guilt feeling or have that feeling of I've got to keep going so somebody else doesn't have to work harder? The way the way that it actually um, it comes about is if we deny our own needs and if we refuse to acknowledge them, it makes it that much more difficult for us to see the needs of another person, mm-hmm. including our colleagues. So we are the only one who can care for ourselves. And, of course, that means different things to different people at different times because we each live in our own reality, which is created through our thoughts. And how we choose to move forward is going to be compassionately considering the needs of our colleagues, considering the needs of our, our patients and our clients. But it has to be considering ourselves first because there is no one else who can care for us. 
Um, I've been thinking about some of the comments that I've heard from nurses and two that come to mind right away, and I heard it many times, more than, many more than once, um, where people would say they felt like they were committing suicide by going into work and murder by going home. And that just struck in my brain. If that's your perception, then how do you get back to a point of um figuring out what do I do to take care of myself um, in that moment. Do either of you have a, a thought about that, how to turn that perception that, that they have that is so uh, desperate? Well, what I think I'll, that Teresa's our expert in, in this area, but I, I just want to give a little intro into it. And what it boils down to really is keeping our bearings and finding them again very quickly if we should lose them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we had a colleague who was in earthquakes in Nepal. And every time the earth shakes, and it did over and over again, the -hmm. people were just terrified. And they decided that they needed to sleep outside rather than under a roof because that roof might fall down on them. And at some point, she realized that her feelings were 100% 100% thought, and that she was as safe in that moment as she had ever been. None of us know when we walk out the door in the morning if we're going to be hit by a truck. None of us know if we're going to have a needle stick that is the last needle stick that we will ever have. It's something that has been proven over and over again that we are truly as safe in this moment as we have ever been, except that our thoughts run away with us. Mm -hmm. And the way forward is not through the anxiety about the future. We know it's there. And not Mm -hmm. through rumination or regret or guilt about the past, but rather staying in the present moment. Teresa? Yeah, so for me, this was, this came very, very close to home when our hospital was ready for the first COVID patient. And I was afraid to go to work for myself. I was afraid of bringing it home to my husband who is immunocompromised. And I played a ton of what-if games with myself. What if this happens? What if that happens? And at at some point, I realized I was just creating scenarios that never existed. Hmm. I was, and I was believing them. I was like, you know, this is a really big deal. I don't want people I know and love or myself to die from this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what is going to happen here? And then I, I realized that I was creating a lot of anxiety for myself. The busyness of thought was just overwhelming thinking Mm -hmm. and that it hadn't happened. It wasn't true. I had made it all up and I, but I was believing parts of what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. When I realized that that was all that was happening, my thoughts settled down. I was able to kind of take a deep breath and I was actually driving around when, when this came to me and it was dark out, but all of a sudden it didn't seem quite as dark. Mm -hmm. You know, that ominous, feeling that I was having lifted 
And I knew that the only thing I could do was what was coming next. In this case, it was going into work and, you know, wearing the mask and washing my hands and doing all of the things they told us to do, tell us to do. And that was all I could really do. The rest of it was stories I was making up that kept me uncomfortable. So that's been about two or three weeks ago that that was happening. And now, you know, as it's turning out, people are getting better. There are people, 80% of people are recovering. You know, and and that's, that's something not to take lightly. To say, you know, people are getting over this. There's always going to be something in our environment, in our society, that we have no control over. Mm-hmm. What we do have control over is what we let our thoughts do. Whether we just do the next step and be safe in that moment is actually all we can do. Or we can live in the anxiety and the fear of the what if. I think it's Mark Twain that said, I've had many worries in my life, most of which never happened. Yeah, right. And that, that yeah. has really helped me to navigate so when I notice myself getting busier minded or having fearful thinking or playing the game of what if, I realize that those aren't true. They aren't happening in this moment. And this moment is all I have. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes a moment-to-moment existence of, well, today is okay, right now is okay, and when, when or if something ever happens, I will be present to that moment and make decisions based on the information that I have in that moment. And I know that I've had very complicated patients who give you that rush of anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one here, the only one taking care of this person. Please, God, don't let me make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But when I settle down and just take care of the person in the moment, the next right thing comes up. Mm-hmm. That's all I can ever do. It seems like one of the things we're starting to hear more about is nurses who are innovating. So they're, you know, we're all in this situation where <clears throat> patients started to dump into hospital settings and people just weren't prepared. So it's that unknown. Um, I think about all of the um, crises that I was in as a nurse where, you know, in labor and delivery where I had patient after patient after patient coming in way more than we were ever used to taking care of. And that's kind of a crisis feeling. But at the same time, we knew the protocol. We knew we needed to admit them. We knew we needed to have a bed for them. We knew we needed to deliver them. And we knew we needed to find a place for them to go after that. But this is in addition to all the stuff coming in, you also have to deal with the unknown of the patients that you're dealing with. What will I do to care for this one? So is that kind of the same thing? You're looking at that patient in that moment, sort of the nursing process where you're going through that, um, what am I actually seeing? What am I actually uh, experiencing here? And what can I do that I already know about? Is that what you're saying? It's that, but it's also collaborating with the patient themselves. Mm-hmm. If you listen to your patient, they will tell you, you know, hey, this is what's happening to me. Not what I think might be happening, but what's actually happening. And mm-hmm. I found that, that that type of listening is different than what you think you already know. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's listening on a level of hearing what's actually being said, but it applies equally to the patient and to the nurse. Right. You can't begin to guess what someone else might need, but they can tell you. And if they're not awake or any of that, you know what you would do for yourself, and you hope it would be the right thing for that person. Um, so you're actually encouraging the patient also to um, delve into their uh, uh, resilience, their own personal resilience at that time. So you're both trying to grab onto your internal resilience. I've heard you talk about that before, the innate health we have. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. How do we find that? Well, we, it's, it's already, already there. there. Yeah. Go ahead, Lynn. The, the fact is that our, our health, and we see resilience as, as being the keystone, the centerpiece of health for all of us. And the fact is that that health is always there, has been always there, is never lacking, and cannot be broken. Now, those are some really strong words. Yes. And yet we realize <laughs> that we will find some people who are at the end of life. Mm-hmm. Even then, our health cannot be damaged, cannot be broken, because we are connected to something that's never lacking. And that is our, our consciousness and our mind and our thought, which is not personal to us, but rather is the source of all things. And that source, is what takes care of us and feeds us and is always um, looking out for the best good for all of us at all times. So we never need to feel that we are not being taken care of. I remember there was a time when I myself was very ill, chronically ill, and it really felt like I was, had been left out and that I was in the shadow. And what I realized was that all I needed to do if I was in the shadow, which I was, was to turn around and face the light. Mm -hmm. And it was a 180-degree turn when I could see that I was taken care of and that there was no reason for anger frustration, resentment, um, guilt, feeling betrayed. It didn't, it didn't make any sense anymore because I inherently knew where my strength came from. I, th- I think that's so admirable. Um, I, I have worked hard on that kind of thing too. And I've talked to quite a few people who feel like they've always been afraid to go deep to go inside themselves and find, you know, that core um, because they felt sort of like if I go inside, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, fall down a big deep well and I'm never going to get out. I don't know what. Um, but to me, um, somebody said to me one time, go deep, you'll find a well. And that kept going through my brain again and again. When, when you find people who have not experience this um, uh, wholeness within themselves, this confidence that 
I'm okay. I, I am in this moment. I am okay. How can you help encourage them to do that work in this difficult time? We have kind of a, a saying, we call it flat earth thinking. And, um, there's a lot of thinking out there that is just totally obsolete. Remember back in the day when the ships would um, think that they had to carry a big anchor because they might come to the edge of the world and fall off so they could uh, t- throw their anchor be- before they um, <laughs> fell off of the edge? Yeah. Well, those anchor makers went out of business when people when people realized that, that the earth was round and, and that there was no danger. So what we've made up about our safety has been a bunch of beliefs that we either took on from uh, someone that might have raised us in our childhood, something we heard uh, from our parent or read out of a book. It's, um, what we're coming into now is the actual facts of how the experience of life works rather than a bunch of beliefs about how it might work. So the way that it, it actually works is that people have insight into their life. Mm-hmm. And it, those experience of insight is something that every human being has had. That's how we learned to walk. We didn't learn to walk by reading a book. We didn't watch a video on YouTube. We simply stood up, put one foot in front of another, balanced ourselves as best we could, fell down a million times, and learned how to move forward and and balance at the same time. Now, that's what we are about now, that we've come suddenly into the new. The new is new for all of us. We're like brand new babies waking up, opening our eyes to the first time on on this um, present reality because we haven't seen this before. Mm-hmm. And we may not know how to act. The old rules no longer apply. And we have to get a sense of this for ourselves. And that sense will come to each of us individually through realizing insight, and that is what creates our life experience. That thought that comes to us is our life experience. That's how we create our reality. Mm -hmm. We are at a spot. We should probably take a break here. Um, I'd like to come back and talk some more about this. Uh, so this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm so delighted to be able to talk about this topic of it, now is the time for resilience. And my guests are Lynn McCright, founder of Advancing Nurse Coaching, and Teresa Walding, director of the Advancing Nurse Coaching Program. She's also doing some consulting of her own and working um, in a hospital. We will be back in just a couple minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. WomenInHealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you uh, came back and joined us for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer. We're talking about resilience. Uh, is The time for resilience is right now. And my guests are Lynn McCright and Teresa Walding with the Advancing Nurse Coaching Program. And we've been talking about the scary parts of things kind of falling apart in our lives and being able to trust our inner instincts and wisdom. Um, I wanted to come back here and just talk for a few minutes about um, the fact that people have been complaining so bitterly. I mean, everybody is complaining about the other people and whatever. And it feels like this has been sort of a house of cards that has come down on, on the ground. And now we get to build it back up and we have to make some decisions about how will we rebuild it. And so Lynn and Teresa, I'm not sure which of you would like to take the lead on this, but um, how do we use resilience to be able to do this construction now that we need to focus on? Well, I well, think, I think that, for, um, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Teresa. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, for me and, and what I see as the future of, of healthcare, of nursing, of humanity, actually, is we have an opportunity at this time in history to do better, to make different choices. You know, everything is, as you were saying, is a house of cards. It's always been a house of cards. It's been an illusion the whole time. You know, we talk about resilience as our innate health, as something that's always ours. It's never broken. It's, it's, there's nothing lacking. And we still have that. And in this world that we have right now, we have new knowledge, we have a new virus, and we have come together as people more than I have ever seen in my lifetime to help each other through a crisis of health and the unknown. Every single person that we know is living in their own reality. 
they're having their own thoughts, their own feelings about everything that's happening. But out of that will come new thinking, new solutions, a new way of being. And as, as far as innate health goes, we already have it. We can use this as a springboard to create something better, something that will be beneficial for everyone. But it starts with us first. It starts with us understanding how our thoughts and our feelings are creating our life personally. And then we bring the best of that to the world because if you're thinking it, you're feeling it, and everyone else is doing the same thing, you can actually have new conversations about how to change things for the better. Lynn, come in and share your thoughts. Well, it just reminds me that we just have one single common denominator of all of our experience, and that includes all of our feelings, attitudes, insights, experience, wisdom, state of mind. It all comes through thought, and that thought is how we navigate our life. And we can't choose what thought is coming next. By the time we know what it is, it's already occurred, and we can't not think it. But we can have a, a sense of direction in, in the way that we're going, and we can know which thoughts are, are true for us and, and valuable for us to hold on to and which thoughts we just need to let go as distraction. Mm-hmm. The common maybe denominator the is thought. Mm-hmm. That might be the hard part is that um, I know for myself, I was a very cynical person, and in my early days, even of nursing, uh, angry and cynical, and I would hold those negative thoughts because no matter how many positive thoughts would come through, I would think they weren't as valuable, they weren't as deep or as, as whatever as those negative thoughts, and I would almost like hold on to those. Um, it took me years and years and years to, to realize that there was an equality about both sets of thoughts. I could decide which thoughts were serving my purpose and which thoughts were not and and focus on nurturing the positive thoughts rather than nurturing the negative ones. Is that an experience well, and for it's either of you? in our whole health care system, looking at the problems, delving into the problem, going mm-hmm. over and over again what the problems were. The right. answers lie in the opposite direction. It was like me. I had to turn 180 degrees in the opposite direction to find the answer. Mm-hmm. I was looking in the wrong place. And now we have an opportunity to bring light to the subject and to recognize, um, well, there's a topic called moral injury, which has come to the fore in, in recent times. And it's talking about what um, a person considers to be an assault or an affront to their conscious, conscious beliefs and values. Mm-hmm. Well, the the issue here is, is once again, back to thought. Um, the way that moral injury is perceived is that if someone has transgressed someone else's moral values. Mm-hmm. Well, where, where do those moral values originate? It's through beliefs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they may produce guilt and shame in some cases or a feeling of a sense of betrayal or anger, which is now called moral disorientation, is once again back to 
a belief or a value that has been adopted by the, the person who was offended. So it makes me think about a woman whose epitaph was so simple, and yet it clearly spoke volumes about who she was. It said she was never offended because she never took offense. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's very good. We're coming near to the end here, and I wonder if there's one thing that you could share with all of the nurses around the world about this topic. What would that be? Teresa, can you share what you think? You've got about a minute and a half. Yeah, for for me, it's to not be afraid of my feelings, all of the feelings, to know that no matter what feeling I'm having, it's related to my thinking, and all feelings are, are, are okay. You don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, try to change one feeling to another. They change on their own. But to not be afraid of that experience of those feelings is truly freedom. Yeah. Freedom from fear is real, is, is true freedom. Something yeah. like that. Well, and, and I've heard it, yeah, I've heard it said that if the only thing we ever learned was not to be afraid of our own experience, that alone would change the world. And here <laughs> we are. True. Do you have more that you'd like to share in this last minute and a half or so um, as, as a final statement about resilience for nurses particularly, but health care workers in general? Just staying in, in a neutral state of mind with without judgment or, or blame, uh, it's going to be most beneficial to us because that's going to be how we navigate our lives and how we are most helpful to others. Very succinct. We've got a little bit more time. Um, any anything else that you want to share? As you that both of you like, what do you say to your classes as a final uh, response to them when they're I think leaving? For your, me, one your, of the biggest things you can do is to not judge someone else for the way they're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get into judgmental mode of, oh, they shouldn't feel this, or, oh, they shouldn't do that. And really, that's only our own thoughts about whatever they're being upset about. But to hold space for them, to love them, to know that they're just feeling their experience just like you are. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that, you've created a, a healing space for everyone involved. Teresa, anything else? Just that this is this is Lynn. This is the time that we've been oh, waiting for. Oh, I'm sorry, for. I had you backwards there. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Lynn. this is the time that we've been waiting for. So, um, you know, just be aware of of yourself and others in in your environment, and what an incredible opportunity we have that now lies before us. So, welcome to the new. Yeah, yeah. This is maybe the opportunity we've all been we've been complaining and waiting for something to change, and here it is. It's right in our lap. We get to be the ones that do it. So, yeah. um, I just want to thank you both so much for being on and for sharing your thoughts, and hopefully giving people some uh, permission, uh, especially to be able to uh, look internally for. 
uh, the health and the healing that is there, the wisdom that comes from that spot. And just to feel confident that the only thing they need to deal with is this minute uh, and the next minute as they go forward. Um, I wanted to um, just say this to 2020 unfolds. We will be needing to support, encourage, and recruit more nurses and other healthcare workers, not just in the United States, but all over the world. Tragically, some will be needed to replace courageous healthcare workers who came to work in dire circumstances to care for patients with COVID 19 and contracted the virus. Some of those people will have survived but may struggle with moral trauma or what Lynn called moral injury and need time to realign their world. Um, Some may have died. I recently started a page on my website. um, It's www.onceanurse.com called COVID Corner to provide resources, stories, connections, and encouragement for nurses everywhere. It's also on LinkedIn and Facebook, and so you can check it out there. It's been getting quite a bit of attention. So if you have questions or thoughts or ideas or things you'd like to have discussed on the show, please contact me at leanne at onceanurse.com to share your experiences, joy, sorrow, innovation on the front lines of nursing, whatever that may be for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening and most important for supporting nurses, healthcare providers, and all healthcare workers. Thank you. And thank you to my guests. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.